Because we are the bride of Christ, so. Yep. Uh, our order of service is uh, with one voice. And um, <clears throat> page 46. And that is the service of word and of prayer. Um, and our gathering song is hymn 787. of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. You are the treasured people of the Lord, a people holy to the Lord our God. Keep the words of the Lord in your heart. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. One does not live by bread alone, but by every word
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray together. Almighty God, source of every blessing, your generous goodness comes to us anew every day. By the work of your Spirit, lead us to acknowledge your goodness, give thanks for your benefits, and serve you in willing obedience. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated for the readings. fifth chapter of Isaiah. This is what the Lord says to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I take hold of to subdue nations before him and to strip kings of their armor, to open doors before him so that gates will not be shut. I will go before you with level to, and will level the mountains. I will break down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places, so that you will, may know that I am the Lord of God. God of Israel, who summons you by name. For the sake of Jacob, my servant, of Israel, my chosen, I summon you by name and bestow on you a title of honor. Though you do not acknowledge me, I am the Lord, and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. I will strengthen you, though you have not acknowledged me, so that from the rising of the sun to the place of its setting, people may know there is none beside me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form the light and create darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The hymn is 795. second reading is from the first chapter of Thessalonians. Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father 
your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. We became imitators of us and of, of the Lord. For you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a joy given with by the and so you became a model to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out, and not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God had become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, but they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell us how you tuned to God from, turned to God from idols to serve living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us with the coming wrath. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. We rise to the gospel acclamation on page 48. Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, You hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. They brought him a denarius, and he asked them, Whose image is this, and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, so give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. When they heard this, they were amazed. So they left him and went away. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated as we sing the hymn of the day, hymn 763.
God's grace, His mercy, and His peace be multiplied to you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Curious text here. Uh, we see in Isaiah. Uh, take a quick look and see who the letter is written to. The letter is written to Cyrus, a Babylonian king. Not to Israel, but to Cyrus, and it is overheard in Isaiah. So that the children of Israel, and so that Cyrus, is put on notice. You see the same thing, in a way, you see the same thing in the, the, the Matthew passage, where we are asked whether we should render money to a government that maybe we don't agree with, maybe it's an oppressive government, or to God, one or the other. And Jesus says, both. Because, and this, this I think is an indication of, of God in his almighty capacity, in, in his capacity as God of the universe, because only those people, like, uh, like as a pastor here at St. Stephen Lutheran Church, the only people who may or may not listen to me, are the members of St. Stephen. But the other people at, at another church might just say, go fly a kite, right? Because I'm not called to that other church. I'm a Lutheran pastor, but they chose a certain person or whatever, and that person leads them in the spiritual uh, realms and speaking God's word. God, on the other hand, when you see God speaking, he speaks as if he is in charge of everything. And of course, don't we know this? That he is in charge of everything. So what does he do? He tells Cyrus, he says, you think that you're doing great things, but not without my call you're not. And... For the sake of other people, I am sending you. I am anointing you. Even though you don't acknowledge me, I'm anointing you. And in that instance, Cyrus, because God himself does, I think, more for Cyrus than, than he may have done for many, many people. And look, there's loads and loads of stories, and I, I've, I've given um, uh, a couple of them, I think, as, as example, uh, from a, a book um, that came out some time ago, but it's called Eternity in Their Hearts, where, where people come into confrontation with Almighty God, and, and, they, um, and they, either, they either follow Him, or they start following Him and forget Him. Uh, like at the Areopagus, if you don't uh, remember that, where Paul was saying, um, I see you are religious people, for you have altars to all the gods. Um, you even have one to an unknown God, and I'm here to tell you who this unknown God is. 
And of course, the story goes all the way back to um, way, way beyond when there were more altars to, the un, to an unknown God, but those altars had broken down and this was the only one, I guess, that was left. Um, and it was when God uh, himself had healed um, Athens, had healed those people around the Areopagus from, uh, from a plague that had plagued them for years and years and years. This is where that religiosity came in. Oh, well, let's go to this God and let's find a cure. How about this God? How about that God? And finally, they called somebody from Crete to come over, and, and this guy kind of was a... a uh, he was very, very careful not to misname God because he was, he, he, if, if he'd had his druthers, he would have uh, named the almighty God Zeus. But then he said, I don't know, we have a, a very important thing that happened here and we don't want to insult God by calling him something other than what he is. And since we don't know his name, let's call him an unknown God. And after years and years and years, they had forgotten about this God, even though he had healed them. And this happens. It even happens within the church of God, because, because when you center your mind on something else, you can get distracted from Almighty God himself. I mean, and we all do this, and and. Let's just, let's just use sort of a general example. God says something, and we say, yes, sir, and we follow him, right? No, we don't. As a matter of fact, if, if we started reading the Bible and, and saying, look, we have to do all of these things, I don't know how many people would show up at Bible study because they would end up saying, I, I, can't, I can't do all of this. And, and really, they'd be right depending upon how you talk about these things. Come, let us reason together. Let us realize that in, in many cases, God Almighty, He demands perfection from us. He demands perfection from anyone. If you want to go to heaven, you must be perfect. Now, can you obey God to that extent? No, you can't. Why? Because we live in trespasses and sins. And that, those trespasses and sins are to such an extent that we don't really understand how that affects our lives. And sometimes we can even be found to think that we're doing the right thing when actually we couldn't be further from the truth. One example... Saul, who came the Apostle Paul. Oh, he was going great gangbusters for his church. What was he doing? He was persecuting Jesus. And when Jesus knocked him off his high horse and blinded him, then welcomed him in and baptized him, and he became one of the most prolific apostles. Never ran around with Jesus. But Jesus took him aside and taught him, and he came out because of because putting the 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 Pharisaical teachings and 
and the history and all of those knowledges that he had and uniting that with the, the knowledge that Jesus gave to him, he became uh, an unstoppable force. And we read uh, today, did, he, did, did his humanity completely disappear? No, every now and then Paul shows up. And uh, maybe, maybe you could say uh, that uh, God gave him a thorn in the flesh for a reason, to keep him humble. And he even understood that. And this is how we are. Why can't we do this and why can't we do that? Well, um, I think if God wills, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. What prevents that? Unfortunately, doubt. And even sometimes unbelief. Cyrus was doing wonderful things, but Cyrus was an unbeliever. And as far as I know, never came to faith in God Almighty. Even though God Almighty laid it out for him. Interesting. Why? Because Cyrus didn't need any gods. You know, he might have been the kind of person that a lot of people are like today, that God doesn't exist in and of itself. God is something that mankind just sort of concocts so that we can get through this life, right? Oh yeah, you believe in your God and I believe in my God. What's the difference between the way we do things today and those people at the Areopagus? And that's what they did all day, is they meditated on, they listened to anything new that would come up. If you had some new idea, you'd go up to the Areopagus and you'd spell it out, and they would, and they would de debate it and argue it and all of those things. And when the Apostle Paul uh, came up there, they, some people said, oh, we must hear more of this. And other people went, ah... And are we any different today? Not really. Not really. But I say all of these things to say, to tell you that God himself, he has no doubts about who he is. And the God Almighty who would approach Cyrus and say, look, Cyrus, I'm going to anoint you to do something. And I know you don't go to church. I know you don't have a pastor. I know you don't even believe in me. But still, I'm going to use you because my will is broader than just dealing with the children of Israel. Now, it is true that the children of Israel need to be, they need their attention gotten. And one way to do that was to have them carried off to Babylon. For some people, and I think this is a natural thing, and I'm not saying that, that when something happens like war, for instance, or a natural disaster happens, that, you know, you get on the news and some people will say, oh yeah, well, God hates that area of the country. You know, Katrina is because uh, God went down to Bourbon Street and hates Bourbon Street, and therefore Katrina came because New Orleans is a city of sin. 
Well, then uh, it went up and hit New York or New Jersey or whatever, and uh, and then you get the 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 evangelist uh, the evangelism uh, people. You get the prophets on the news, and they ask, you know, what's going on there? It was because God is is uh, is correcting sin, and yet Jesus Himself talked about people who Pilate had mingled their blood with their sacrifices, and he talks about, you know, 13 people who a tower fell on. Whose sin was it? Was it their sin or was it the sin of their parents? And he said, neither. But take heed lest something should happen to you. Believe. Does it matter what choices God makes? Well, in the, in the large sense for us, not really because we're along for the ride, are we not? We know in our hearts that God wants the best. So if God is correcting someone else or, or if there's something horrible going on there, I just, I, you know, I don't, I suppose my options could be shake a fist at God and say, well, if I was God, I wouldn't allow this to happen. I would shut down this battle or this war or what have you. But when you read Scripture, you realize in Revelation that uh, what we're going to have a perfect neighborhood on, on earth and, you know, we'll gather for our home association meetings and, uh, and we'll make, you know, wonderful decisions and the streets will be paved with gold. No, this world is coming to an end. Why? Because God demands perfection. And the only way he's going to get perfection out of this world and out of his children is to break everything down and to make everything new. When Jesus suffered and died on the cross for us and we have in Scripture... We have that passage that says, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come forward. That's that language where we are recreated. We're baptized. We come to the Lord's Supper. We stay in contact with our Lord and God through Jesus Christ who suffered and who bore our sins. And so now we are a mixture because we still we still go to our own ways. But at the same time, we are more than conquerors through Christ. And so there's a battle that goes on. To believe in God has always been a battle within ourselves. The very, and it, it, the, it has its roots in the very first sin of Adam and Eve. God says, don't eat from the tree. And Satan says, but I say, what's God hiding? What's he hiding from you? Why can't you eat from the tree? The fruit's just fine. And they look at it and they go, looks good to us. What is God hiding? Why doesn't he want us to eat from this tree? And they take a bite. And we do that. We do that, and in doing so, we forget the commandments that came later. 
Love the Lord your God with all the heart, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And the second commandment is likened to it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And the Ten Commandments are divvied up into those two. The first three, love the Lord your God. The second seven, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And we can't do that. Even though our spirits will and our spirits desire to do God's will, we still fail. Because I am simul justus et peccator. I'm at the same time saint and sinner. And so is each and every one of us. So what do we do? In humility, we come to God and we say, God, forgive me, a poor, miserable sinner. And church, when we come to church, it allows us to, to do that. And we come willingly. And it is something that, that can be humbling for us. Uh, but we do know that we are sinful. And we know that God knows that we're sinful. And so we simply come and speak who we are before God. Poor, miserable sinners. And then we sit and we listen. And I hope that in God's church, it would be pronounced that Jesus forgives us our sins. Why? Because he suffered and died for sins once and for all. And that is the gospel that we hear that Christ suffered and died for us and rose again. And now we live lives hidden in the strength of Christ, in the love of Christ, the forgiveness, the mercy, the perfection of Christ. Because he is the one who gives us the power and the faith to follow him. And following him is something that comes from outside our faith and not necessarily actually deeds. I went to a, a conference uh, last week and a guy was talking about uh, something like, uh, um, like perseverance, to persevere. And, uh, and something happened in that man's life and someone came up to him and said, and said, you know, you're a, the picture of perseverance. And he got angry. He disagreed because his definition of perseverance was different. And even in such things where, where you want to strengthen society and our society and our churches go along and people will be tempted to say and sometimes come out saying, and Martin Luther did this. Martin Luther said, if you don't go to church at least once a year and receive the Lord's Supper, I don't know how you can call yourself a Christian, right? And how did the Lutheran church respond in, in years following? You had the Lord's Supper once a year. Now, there are churches who will have it every time they meet. And not just Lutheran, but do as often as you eat and drink, which means you can't get enough wine and bread. But you see, when Jesus was talking to a Samaritan woman, 
That Samaritan woman said, oh yeah, we know that you Jews believe that if you're going to worship right, you got to go to Jerusalem, you got to go to the temple. But we have our own churches. We have them on the high mountains and we have them under the shade trees and all of these things. And Jesus says, the time was coming and it is here now where we will worship God in spirit and in truth. And this is what we do because we have received the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gives us the truth that even while we were sinful, Christ suffered and died for us. And because of that, the Spirit testifies. The Spirit inhabits us and testifies to God. And the Spirit may say, God, forgive them. They know not what they do. But God forgives because he has given us the power to overcome. Even though that power is not within us, we have the power of God within us to live according to the Spirit even though we struggle with the flesh. So, be comforted. That your struggle is not in vain. If you don't win today, maybe you'll win tomorrow. But in the end, what you do as a Christian is less important than what Christ did on the cross for you. Now, did I say, don't worry about it? If you don't feel like doing anything... Don't do it. I didn't say that at all. Because we, as Christians, are like fruit trees. And it doesn't matter from, if you're a fruit tree, if you look at your branches and go, eh, if there's, I don't care if there's fruit or not on it. No, there's going to be fruit. Or if you're the kind of fruit tree that looks at your branches and goes, I'm going to try to pop out an extra one over there or a, or a specially delicious one over here or something like that. You're a fruit tree. We are the vine. We, Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. And as we are connected, we produce fruit and we please God because of His power that courses through us. So, take that be thankful for what God has given you because he has called your name and you have responded not only by acknowledging, maybe like Cyrus, hey, okay, I know, you know, that was pretty interesting, but maybe God was like a piece of undigested beef or, uh, or something like that, maybe a little indigestion or something. And I'm going to go and carry out and be the best king ever because I am who I am. And I'm not going to acknowledge any other God. I've got my ways and thank you, God. But, and we're not like that. We praise God Almighty. Why? Because we're smarter than Cyrus or smarter than Pharisees and Sadducees? No. Because God is loving and kind and merciful. And somehow, His found resistance in our hearts. So be comforted with those words. Go forward. As long as God wills that you are here on this earth, know that He is your Lord, your God. Jesus is your Savior. And your names are written in the book of the Lamb.
comment. We respond with him 752.
continue our response to the word on page 49 and 50. In Christ, you have heard the word of truth, the gospel for your salvation. We believe in him and are marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. Living together in trust and hope, we confess our faith. I believe in yourselves up on your most holy faith. Pray the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God. If anyone is in Christ, there's a new creation. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation, and therefore let us be reconciled to God and to one another. Gracious God, have mercy on us. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Sisters and brothers, rejoice, mend your ways, encourage one another, agree with one another, live in peace. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let's share the peace of the Lord with one another. God's peace be with you. The peace, where's Buddy? Tired. Oh, okay. And <laughs> you with the, um, let's see. Yeah, with the offertory. Let us pray. God, our creator, you open wide your hand and satisfy the desire of every living creature. With these gifts, we bless you for your tender nurture and care. Help us to delight in your will and walk in your ways through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 
Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. God of our salvation, you deliver your son's work through your word and power and in the Holy Spirit. Strengthen the church's pastors to proclaim your truth. Increase the faith of all who hear that they may respond in love and steadfast in their hope, Lord, in your mercy. God of all truth, from the rising of the sun to its setting, you make known your salvation in Christ. Bless fathers and mothers as they teach their children your word and your ways. Let them know that there is no God beside you, and so rejoice in your faithfulness. Lord, in your mercy. God, our Father, you appointed Cyrus as your instrument to return your people to Jerusalem. Uphold the authorities of our nation in wisdom and integrity, that we might live in peace with a good conscience. Uh, grant that they would make salutary use of the taxes we render and lead us to recognize them as your instruments, honoring them as you command. Lord, in your mercy. Yeah. O Lord, our help comes from you who made heaven and earth. You preserve our life. Have mercy on all of those to whom we, we come uh, uh, on their behalf to you today, Jane Ragusa, carpal tunnel uh, surgery, Ern Beyer, uh, as he continues to get strong and uh, improve, uh, Danielle and Paul Culberson, safe travel, uh, those people that we have uh, listed in our bulletin, and the list is very long, and we ask that you would um, um, hear those people's plea for um, your uh, healing uh, for your steadfast power in their lives. And we pray also that you would be with uh, um, split second um, uh, a service that uh, uh, helps people uh, recover from spinal injuries and uh, uh, physical disabilities. Um, Lord, we ask that you be with them and with all of those uh, services who um, tend to people who have disabilities and who, have, who are recovering from, uh, from um, medical incidences. All of these things um, we ask uh, that you would uh, attend to and we would, that you would keep all of these people uh, from evil and shade them from all harm. Lord, in your mercy. Um, Almighty God, guard those who... Uh, um, travel, uh, keep their going out and their coming in, protect them from every trouble, prosper their journey according to your will, and make their homecomings joyful. Lord, in your mercy. True and living God, you have turned us from idols to serve you and live. As we await your son's return in glory, grant that we would faithfully receive him at his altar with repentance and joy. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For that is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, 
forever and ever. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Amen. We close with the sending song, uh, hymn 743, Stay With Us. Please be seated. <laughs>